the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. My name is Rhody Fisher. Well, the truth of it is, I'm at a conference, so I'm taping this at the conference. But we will be showing it from Hope Radio. And the day that we see, you see it on Hope Radio, it it will be taped, but it'll be from Hope Radio. Did I confuse anybody? Anyway, let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to have such a wonderful day. Father, we pray that you would be about our words, our thoughts, our heart. Get it in the right place, Lord. Lord, be with Mike today and myself as we um, get these shows ready for you and the audience. Lord, be with our guests, our special guests, Mariama Berger. And Father, we just pray that you would just bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're in Psalm 32. Can you believe it? <clears throat> and again, it's a psalm from David. The, the, I'm sorry, David's writing this. It's about forgiveness, the joy that he has asking for forgiveness. And the Lord is so good about giving us forgiveness when we come and ask. And I do believe that David, having that contrite heart, always being sorry for the sins that he did, is what allowed the Lord to love him so much. Um, he talks about that contrite heart. <clears throat> Anyhow, let's go ahead and read um, Psalm 32, verse 1. A psalm of da- Oh, I'm just telling you that I'm reading out of the New King James got the Kim James here in case I need it as a backup, but I'm reading it from the New King James. And so here goes, Lord, we pray that you would give us understanding of your word, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, and that we'll be able to hide the word in our heart. So just at that perfect time when we need it, we'll remember it. You'll bring it to our remembrance because it's tucked there in our heart. Okay, so here goes the Psalm of David. A contemplation. Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven. He's asking for forgiveness. Those whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. In those spirit there is no deceit. Yeah, the Lord knows that when we're being deceitful, um, we can't hide it from him. The Lord, see our hearts, He can hear our thoughts. He knows everything. There's no way we can hide a lie or hide our sin. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. And for the night, sorry, and for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. Wow. I'm thinking his hand was heavy upon him. It, It feels like it was so weighty on on David that he really wanted to ask for forgiveness. <clears throat> My vitality was turned into the droth of summer, Selah. And I think I've said that Selah is a pause, maybe even going into another thought. I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said I would confess my transgressions to the Lord, <clears throat> and you forgave the iniquity of my sin, Selah. I find it interesting that after he said that, he's taking another pause. I, 
I believe that when we do ask the Lord to forgive us for our sins, we, we ponder all the sins that we're asking to, for, to ask for forgiveness for. So there, there is that pause that we need to take and just know that God's going to wipe that clean. There's a sorrowfulness that we feel and this guilt that we've been carrying with us that it just gets wiped away. And what a, what a wonderful feeling that is to know that God forgives us. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you. In the time when you may be found, surely in the flood of, our, of, of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. This is the Lord talking to David. He's going to instruct him. <clears throat> I, I love talking about the scripture in Isaiah 30, where he, Isaiah says, the teacher will tell you, you know, to go to the right or to go to the left. The Lord is instructing us where to go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not, let, do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding. You must be harnessed with a bit and a bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Do you know that song, Mike? He who trusts in the Lord? Heard you sing it. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> let me finish this. the last scripture, verse 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice your righteousness. You righteous, you righteous, I'm sorry. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous. And we're only righteous because we have God's righteousness on us. And shout for joy, all ye upright in heart. Okay, I'm going to sing this little song. Now, I've talked about my voice because I've had a problem with eating something that I was allergic to. And I did it about eight weeks ago by accident I was given the wrong food and I just had it happen last week Wednesday so that's why I'm hoarse again I I'm almost thinking that I can't eat out anymore unless I stick with just certain things <clears throat> but I do want to sing this one song and it it says here but he who trusts in the Lord mercy shall surround him I won't sing the whole thing but I'll sing a couple of lines do you, know, do you know that they sing this in rounds, right? Okay, I'm talking to Mike because he's taping this for me. And so maybe you'd like to sing the other part. I, he's giving me a big fat no. So let me, let me do it and just, just appease me a little bit. <clears throat> it goes, um, maybe I won't be able to sing. I don't know what my voice is going to sound like here. Okay, it goes... Um, he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. He who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you upright in heart. Lift up your voice, for great is his mercy toward all who trust in the Lord. Wow, that was hard. <laughs> okay, I am going to introduce my guest, Mariama Berger, and she's from Somalia, and I'm anxious for you to hear all the things that God did in her life. And I'm especially wanting her to talk a little bit about the difficulty that she had in coming from Somalia to the United States and some of the things that she saw that were good and some of the things that she saw that were bad. Just a little bit of background, she did come as a Muslim and really um, knew about Christians. She married a, a person that was Christian in name only. Um, and I really want you to hear her entire testimony. So um, we're going to have a slight pause and we will bring Mariama burger on onto the couch here. I would really like to introduce my guest to you. I'm excited to interview her. Why? Because she has the love of Jesus in her. And I'd love to hear have her share her story with you. 
Um, my guest's name is Mariama, Mariama Berger. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, I'd like for you to share with our audience mm -hmm. a little bit about, you know, where you're from, a little bit about your background, how you grew up. Um, I do know that you grew up in Somalia. Mm -hmm. And so tell us about the life of a young Mariama. Um, the life of young Mariama. And the country at that time was a peaceful country. We really didn't have any issues. We were free. We didn't worry about hijabs and covering up. We were Muslim, but our Islam was very, very open. You know, the girls, if they are not married, they were not required to, to cover up. And, and for, when a woman gets married, that's when she has a, her, her hair is scarf. And that's all. And the country, the history of the country is we are shepherds and camel herders, proud, proud and culture and very nomadic. Um, if you think of the Western... So, excuse me, did you say camel herders? Camel herders and so, shepherds. So, um, so you raised camels. Yeah. And the, the camels were sold for meat or that it was sold to ride? Yeah, and, and to ride and to milk and meat. Um, camels are, it's called the boat of the desert. Yes, it is. And, and since, since our country is kind of semi-desert, and camels play, play a big, big role in our daily lives. Yes. They are our transportation, they are our, you know, milk, with their meat, you know, all that stuff. And it is, an, it is a very, very important part. So may I ask, I know this is rude to ask a person's age, but how long ago was this when you were in Somalia? And I left the country two thousand no, uh, nineteen seventy-seven of December. So in seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Okay, so yeah. here you are living in Somalia, mm -hmm. and you're a Muslim girl, mm -hmm. and you you have you have brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. How many yeah. brothers and sisters? And do we you were have? all five. Two five, girls and five together. Boys. Yeah. You know what's interesting? The last three or four people that I interviewed. They were all five kids, and wow. there were five kids in my family, too. Wow. So isn't that interesting? Yeah. Okay, so your parents, mm -hmm. uh, what did they do for a living? And my father was a physician. A physician? Mm -hmm. And your mom didn't work, or she no. a housewife? No, we okay. do. Our women don't work. Okay. The girls, you know, at that time, in my era, was when we were first entering the workplace. Really? Okay. Yeah. before that, it was, yeah. It so, was, um... You're, you're growing up in Somalia, and it's a moderate type of a Muslim country. Yeah. So we're not talking about the girls wearing a this hijab. Ra this radical stuff never was not part of our religion. Yes. And then, you know, when the revolution happened, actually it all started the Iranian revolution. Yes. That is when a big wave of pushing Islam came, and that's when they told the girls to cover up and the boys to wear weapons and to kill for Islam. But before that, we really never had, and our police never even carry a gun. You know? So it's a you peaceful know, country. A very peaceful country. We, we, you know, girls would just go out to a cinema, like 11 or 12 o'clock, walking in the streets, and it never occurred to us somebody would do anything bad to us. Mm -hmm. and, and now I'm hearing, you know, the girls are being raped on the streets. Yeah. Yeah, so. Okay, so going back to when you lived in Somalia, mm -hmm. tell me what the life of a young girl was there in Somalia. Did, because a lot of Islamic countries, mm -hmm. some of the girls get married as young as maybe 14, mm -hmm. and it's an arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. Is, was that the type of yes. uh, country that was? Yeah, yeah. Okay, also, yeah. did the girls go to school? Because in some countries, some of the girls didn't go to school. We went to school. Yes, yes. okay, so we you were educated. School. Yeah. And, of course, the boys were educated, too. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, and there was no difference between, if we graduated from the same college, you know, there was no difference with the money and all that, you know. Everybody get the same salary, okay. the same job. So there's not, like in here, I hear that women get less than the men. Right, that right, was not right. the case for us. That didn't happen. Mm -mm. Okay, so um, what actually brought you to America? Did you uh, did your whole family come, or was it just you? 
It was just me. And so in 1977, you moved to America. Ah, yes. No, actually, we, we lived some, some parts of like Dubai and, and Cairo. And, you know, so I came to United States 1980. Okay. You know, so so you, when you first lived, left Somalia, mm -hmm. you went to Dubai and some other countries. There is a story behind that. I okay, was 19 so, years old. So tell me the story. Okay. 19 years old, and I was and betrothed. To my cousin, and that's what what you do, you know. So you're at age marriage, marriage. At age marriage, and I finished, you know, my nursing school. And after I got my RN, I was supposed to get married, and I didn't want to get married. So <laughs> it was it's a chaos, you know, the whole family, the whole tribe, the whole everybody just went crazy because that 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 has never happened before. Mm -hmm. So, um, because you didn't want to get married, I didn't want to marry him. So it was an arranged marriage, but you refused. I refused. Okay. Then I met, you know, this American guy. Okay. And and you know he wanted to marry me, and he went to his, you know, and and this is in Dubai. No, that was in Mogadishu. And oh, oh, oh Mogadishu. Okay. Okay. So and <clears throat> so then you know he wanted to marry me, but then my family said we don't want to have anything to do with you. No, you're not going to marry her. Okay. So I escaped with him to Cairo. So we get married in Cairo. So you defy your parents, defy uh, your family, yeah, and you take off with this American man. And is this? I never. It had never happened before. In Somalia. In Somalia, it was. I broke so history. nobody that you ever knew no. had done this before. No, no, I was dead to the family. And okay, yeah. so you took off to Dubai, um, Cairo, to Cairo, mm -hmm. Egypt, mm -hmm. and you get married there to this man. Yeah. Well, before when I get married, you know, when we went there, my my fa my family name was Hassan, my mm -hmm. last name, and after after we you know tried to get married. The course of Egypt said, you cannot marry her, she's a Muslim. Mm -hmm. so, so he said, what did I do? And they say, you, you can become a Muslim. So he became a Muslim. So he becomes a Muslim so he can marry you. Yes. And this is in Cairo. And that's in Cairo. Now, do you stay in Cairo? No, we went back to Saudi Arabia. We went to Saudi Arabia. Okay. And he worked that he worked for uh, Raytheon, you know, big, big company. Okay, American so he company. worked for a big company, Raytheon. Yeah. I know the company. Yeah. And so he goes back to the company and goes back to work mm -hmm. in... Um, and we lived our lives there. He was not, um, like I said, you know, he was, I didn't know the difference between a real Christian and a Christian. He was a cultural Christian. He really never had any before that. So that's why it was easy for him to become a Muslim. He so he, he knew nothing about his. He was just a, you know, not a, not a churchgoer. Didn't no. know a lot about who Jesus was. No. He decides to become a Muslim so he could marry you, mm -hmm. and he goes back to his job at Raytheon in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. And Saudi Arabia is a very very um, Muslim country. It is, they 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 dress the girls dress in the hijab. Mm -hmm. So now, are you dressing? The way the girls in Saudi Arabia. No, and we, we live in an American compound. Okay. So it was not, you know, we have our shops and our, you know, Aramco in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And we, which is in the eastern province mm -hmm. of and of Saudi Arabia. So America have their own compound. Mm -hmm. So we live in our compound. So I there was no reason for me to be part of. Now, that. did you speak? English when yeah. you met your husband in Somalia? No, no, no. I, I spoke English. I went to, went to school. Okay, so, so you already spoke English. Yeah. And he spoke, did he speak any Arabic or Somalian? Uh, no. Okay, so no. you guys communicated in English. English. I was comfortable with English. He was comfortable with English. Yeah, yeah. that was his native language. Yes. Okay, so now you're in, you're in the compound of the Raytheon mm -hmm. group and you guys are living yeah. in the... And how long do you live there? We lived there about two years, one year, and then his contract expired, so we moved to Bahrain. Bahrain. Bahrain, okay. which is very liberal, beautiful, you know, it's amazing. And then we stayed there about a year, and then another one, we went to Dubai. Okay. So, so we were just... <laughs> so you're moving around with the company. Yeah. Uh, and it's still Raytheon. And your husband is traveling from one country to the other with you. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have any children by then? 
I had one. You had one child. Yeah. And so now you're in in Dubai or Bahrain. Mm-hmm. And no, our our daughter actually, I I get pregnant right away. So our daughter, you know, that year she was born in Saudi Arabia. Okay. And then we still have her. So while we're going different places. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Do either of you go to either the mosque or to church no. to worship at all? No. You're in a Muslim country. We were gone just, to... Yeah, I was Muslim, but I never, <laughs> I really didn't have any, anything, you know, anything for it. You know, I didn't care for it. And so I see he was a Christian and... And he didn't care for Christianity. So, so he's a nominal Christian. Well, a nominal Christian. I was nominal Muslim. And our life was good. Okay. You know, we really didn't have any reason the to... The Lord is blessing you. Yeah. We're yeah. good. Yeah. So when do you come to America? 1980. Late 1980. Okay. So, um, 77 is when you got married. Is that right? 78. 78. Yeah. So you've come to America in 1980. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what changes for you? Coming to America? To coming to America. Confusion. Right. Absolute confusion. And I didn't come directly from Africa. I was educated. I live in different parts of the world. So so I was not like somebody who is kind of like... And sheltered. You were sheltered. sheltered. I was yeah. not sheltered. But and I find the American culture very shallow. Mm-hmm. And I find it in very materialistic. Yeah, you know, I found it, you know, very selfish and no, no respect for elderly. Right. You know, so there was a lot of stuff that was wrong with the country, but there was a lot of good things too. The freedom to be yourself. Yeah. And for me, that was that was what I wanted. Right. There was the freedom to choose what I wanted in my life. So. Yeah. Now, um, when you say. Um, did you make any friends, neighbors? Um, did you guys? Uh... Yeah, yeah. We had we had friends, and I really didn't. For me, I was a lot younger, so I was you know you know there is always prejudice you know when when a woman is you know you know kind of pretty or whatever you know people give you the sector of grace you know mm-hmm. they don't discriminate you as much. Right. So and. Um, so in our life was good, you know. We live in Huntington Beach and and Newport, and so it wasn't, you know. I didn't really felt any prejudice because because I think the reason was because I didn't know what prejudice meant. Yeah. So I didn't have that background of you know somebody's discriminating me because I'm a different color. I love my color. I didn't want to be anyone else. Right. So so for for people to see. They say they, they are prejudiced because of somebody's color was ludicrous to me. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to, and if you want to, you know, and, and accuse me of my, because I have a different color, you you take it to God. And at that time, you know, even though I didn't know God, you know, my real God now, I knew there was a God who created us. Right. Because that's what the Muslims believe. Right. So I would, I would just say, take it to God, you know. He is the one who made me. I didn't have anything to do with this. Right. So, right. yeah. So this was it. So when do you become a Christian? When do you find Jesus as your Savior? And how does that happen? Um, 1995. So 15 years then, later. 15 years later, and I was in this country. And... I never heard nobody ever share Christianity with me. Mm-hmm. Nobody did, you know. And even I knew some people that I worked with or or I was friends with. They were and um, they would say they are Christian, but I didn't see anything different from my life mm-hmm. and their life. And by the way, and my marriage in two, 1982, 83, 83, my marriage fell apart. So this man that. That became a Muslim, mm-hmm. um, and in in Egypt with you, mm-hmm. um, we, we, you guys divorced. Yeah, and, and I he, have, you I had two children now. with him. Yes, and I have a freedom now. Okay. I can divorce guy. You know. Yeah, it's easy to get a divorce. That's in right. California. In a Muslim, you can. Yeah, and so so in, in 19... Islam, they divorce us. We don't divorce them. 
That's right. So, in a Muslim country, you can't. The woman cannot divorce no. the man. Yeah. But if he wants to divorce you, you're he gone. Can, yes. Yeah. Um, so, um, so you're you're no longer married to this gentleman that worked at um, Raytheon, mm -hmm. and you part ways. Mm -hmm. And who who's taking care of the children? Well, you know that I was taking care of my children. So the yeah. children stayed with they you. Stayed with me. A boy and a girl. Yeah. And how old are they at this time? At this time, and was um, well. <laughs> there's another story. You can you, you can. <laughs> this is crazy, you know, because my life has been crazy. And um, I had with my husband. I had one child. Okay. Then after I divorced him, I had a boyfriend, and I moved in with him. Okay. Because I can do this. I'm I'm free now. You're yes? free to do it. I yeah. am free to do it. So, you know, and nobody talked about adultery or, you know, anything. Right. It was bad in, over there in, in Islam. But here, everybody was adulterous. <laughs> you know, all my friends. Fornication, anything Forn goes. Everything was going. So I felt at home. You know, nobody was looking at me and saying, she's bad. Yeah. So, so that's then what happened. And, you know, so my son was born. And through a relationship. Another husband, yeah. Okay, so... Tell me when you find the need to accept Jesus as your savior. Well, um, when I was here, I was just I was always unhappy. You know, it was always the next thing. You know, the next thing. You know, if you don't like this guy, just check him, get another one. You know, whatever. So it was. I was not happy. You know, there was something in me that was so just missing. There was a hole there. So, and it all came about when the country had the Civil War, 1991, 92, that's when it all blew up. So, you're talking about Somalia having a Civil War. Yes. And your parents are living there, and your family's living My there. My parents were dead by then. Oh, your parents but, have, were, were dead. Yeah. But your family, your, your, brother your sisters, brothers and yeah. sisters are still there. Mm -hmm. So now that there's a civil war going on, you're concerned. You have family there. Well, they were actually the civil war. All the and male and male and men who were of age were killed. Okay. They were all killed. You know, and it was a war. Now that you we had, had brothers. Seen. Yeah. Were they yeah. killed? Yeah. How many brothers did you have? And I have three brothers, and then my my mom died, and my dad remarried, and he had another three boys. So it was six boys, okay. and and then the girls' husbands. Oh my gosh, so it must have been devastating. Yeah, it was just, you know, everything was just gone. And and we had land, we had buildings, we have livestock, we have all different kinds of stuff, you know, we're well off, mm -hmm. and everything was taken away. Mm -hmm. So so the family just ran to, to the wilderness to hide. And when, they, when I heard that, you know, I, I got, went to work to bring them here. Mm -hmm. So I brought them here, 23, 23 of them. 23 yeah. siblings and family children, members. That's right, children, and their children. And their children. Mm -hmm. so, so because of the war, you were able to get um, a visa to get them yeah, over? Yeah, you know, because at that time, they were saying if anybody, any Somali who lives in the United States, their families get first. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was thankful for mm -hmm. that. And... Meanwhile, I was just dealing with my issues, you know, we, and I was hearing, you know, all this, my brothers, my, you know, my brother-in-laws, people just dying, I'm hearing that, and, and here you don't mourn, people don't mourn, you know, you, you, you just, somebody dies, and you bury them, and you have a funeral, and then next day, you go back to work. And that's yeah, not, that's not sad. We, we do mourn. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, Americans mourn in silence. Yeah. Um, you know, you're hurting on the inside. But you can't heal but if you, you don't, don't give yourself that time. Yes, people of, don't give that. Yeah. yeah. And and back home or in the Islam, you know, they do forty days. Mm -hmm. And that forty days, when it's the morning is done, then there is a feast, and people just get up and go, move on with, with their life. But those forty days is just mourning, and that's how. You know, healing takes place because you are not pushed to do stuff. Right. You're just quietly moaning. Yes. Mm -hmm. So now your families come 
your your 23 members of your family mm -hmm. comes over, where do they stay? And well, you know, it was and they stayed with me, you know, and they and some of them were put in a hotel. Some of them, they they kind of came in sections, like five of them, six of them, because they were kind of divided into families mm -hmm. within the family. Mm -hmm. So and the first part, you know, they stayed with me, and then meanwhile, I, you know, it was a lot of work to settling them, a lot of papers, children's school, you know, it's just a lot of stuff. You know, it was just a tough, tough, tough. But they made it, and they're here. Wow. And meanwhile, while I was doing that, you know, my spiritual journey it starts. That was the first time I have questioned God, and not as as a Muslim, we all we all, we always knew that there was God. Okay. We always knew there was God, but and you know, a God that you cannot know, but He was God still, hmm. and He was the Creator. That we know Him as a Creator. Mm -hmm. No love, no assurance, no and, and answering prayers, no unable to talk to him, but he was God. Right. And, and then, you know, when, when this happened, this was the first time I, I questioned, you know, is there a God? Because I just couldn't understand the destruction. I couldn't understand a friend killing his friend, his best friend. I just couldn't understand, I couldn't make sense of it. And that is when I cried out to him. And I told him, I, I, I cried out and I said, Allah, Allah, Allah. I, I remember just deep pain. And I'm just heaving, Allah, Allah, help me, help me. And then as I was crying, I'm driving. And, and I just pulled to this building, uh, trying to gather myself so that I can drive. And as I was saying, Allah help me, all of a sudden I see this cross in front of me. Like a like a vision of a cross? Real cross. A real cross. The, the building that I pulled on was a church. Wow, okay. <laughs> so so I just see the, the cross and I'm like, I, I don't know what that means. You know, I have seen crosses. I never pay attention to it. I never really, I didn't, I didn't know what it meant. And, but in that moment, I knew that there was a story in that cross, and it had something to do with me. Wow. That, that was, I, 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 so you I felt heard that. certain this was an answer to your prayer as you crawled out, yeah. called out to Allah. I found Jesus. You found Jesus. Cross. Yeah. Okay. So do you go inside the building? Yeah. So tell me about that journey. I went there, and I asked, you know, the lady, the, the secretary, I said, and, can I help you? And I said, yes, you know, can you tell me about the cross? And she was kind of taken back. She was shocked. It's like, oh, hold on. And she goes back. This gentleman comes out who's supposed to be a pastor. Never heard of pastor in my life. Mm -hmm. And he may help you. And I t tell him. And, and I said, you see, I'm in big trouble. And I am Muslim. So when I say that, that moment, something just stopped me. And, and I said, actually, I don't know what I am anymore. Wow. So, so you declare that right then and right there. Right there, yeah. And so, um, so he said, what do you want to know about the, you know, and, and we said, are you available on Wednesdays? Yes. So this gentleman, a stranger, I gave him my phone number, my address, you know, everything. And then they called me and they said, we want to show you some films and some stories to share with you. So, and will you be available on Wednesdays? Yes. So we did that and... And then it was the story of creation, you know, step by step. And here I'm pondering. Some of them I heard it in Islam. Some of them I never heard. And the story was, in Islam, says Ishmael was sacrificed. Mm -hmm. And this was Isaac. And Abel and killed Cain instead of Cain killing Abel. So there was this kind of like, I'm like, this is, I heard this, so I don't know. But anyway, I was, I was, you know, by the grace of God, I was um, patient enough to see through. Then, then I so saw. So you're, you're watching this film, mm -hmm. and you're saying to yourself, the story that I grew up with, where, um, where Ishmael was offered mm -hmm. on, on the sacrificial uh, altar yeah. by Abraham, mm -hmm. 
was different because now they're saying Isaac was, Isaac was being sacrificed. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of a confusion there, but mm -hmm. you decided to just give it a try and see yeah. what the rest and of the story Abel. was. It started with Abel. You know. Okay, and Abel, okay. Yeah. So, so there was a discrepancy, but, but I knew I, I wanted to because I don't have any place else to go. Mm -hmm. If there was a God, I was, I was just saying, you know, and, I, and I'm now looking back, it was His grace. It was yeah. His love that was constraining me, waiting me, you know, helping me to wait it out. Okay. So, so you watched the film. I watched the film. Then we went to the story of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, with Jesus, we are shepherds, like I said. Mm -hmm. We are shepherds. And we are, um, we are commentators and shepherds. I know what good shepherd is and what the bad shepherd is because you can always tell the condition of their sheep, his sheep. If he's a bad shepherd, the sheep are miserable. Yes, they're, awful. they're dirty. It's awful and dirty. Yeah. But it's eyes, on them. Yes. But the good shepherd, and <laughs> the good shepherd is... You know, his, his sheep is healthy, sheep. they're healthy, they're vibrant, you know, they're well fed. They're well fed. And, and to me, that was the, the and what just brought it down. You're like, he is the good shepherd. And when he said, I'm the good shepherd, and my sheep know my voice, I knew exactly what he, he meant. Because Whoa. I have been there. Wow, that really touches my heart. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. And, and and that is Jesus. We're going to go about five minutes over, but that is Jesus saying, "I am the good shepherd," and he's he's using that analogy about tending to his sheep. They know my my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. That's right. So you hear that and you know this is the one to follow. Yeah, I, it was. He made sense. You know, I am the good shepherd. I knew, I knew who, what good shepherd was. Yes. So I said, I'm going to take my chance with this good shepherd who cares for me. And then he says, you know, my soul and my... Because as a Muslim, our biggest fear is what, what, what happens to us after we die. Yes. You know, because we know that we're going to be judged and we don't know what's going to happen. You so don't the have fear, the assurance of No heaven. assurance. So, and... So to tell me that, you know, I would have eternal life and he takes care of me and he knows me and he chose me for the foundation of the world, you know, those things, it's like for the first time, and it, things just make sense. Yes. You know, and, and looking back, you know, there is three things, you know, three things that every single human being, no matter where they are, 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 are longing for. And that is love, that is acceptance, and to belong. And to belong. To yeah. belong. So those three things were, were my problems. You know, I was always chasing, you know, somebody to love me. Mm -hmm. And I was always saying, I didn't know where I belonged to. And every time I get out of the house and try to go to the store, you have an accent, where are you from? And I get tired of it. <laughs> you know, so where do I belong? You know, and then I go back to Somalia, you know, visit and say, oh, you have a different accent. So it was like, okay, I have a Somali accent, and I have an English accent, you know, you know, and so where do I belong? I didn't know where I belong. So the belonging was satisfied by Jesus. Mm -hmm. The love was satisfied by Jesus. And, and to, what was the other one? To love, to belong, and to, I forget the third one. Accept. He accepted? Accepted, yes. And wow, accepted, you know, because where I grew up, and even in here, we're always judged by our actions, mm -hmm. our accomplishments. What have you done? You know, mm -hmm. So you're doing and succeeding, oh, you're good. Mm -hmm. if, you are, if you are down in the dumps, there's no mercy, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. So, um, so that was it, you know, that was something that kind of, um, I was satisfied. I was no longer in need of anyone else. Right. You know, I was loved, I belonged, and I was accepted in the beloved. Right. And I think that was the most amazing thing. And that's why I am just, you know, telling people, you know, I'm just a beggar. 
trying to show another beggar where the food is. You know, yes. that is what I am. I'm not different than anyone else. I was just lost and I was found. Yes. And I want to do that, you know, with others, you know, so it is, you know. So where are you in your walk with God now? Because this is, did you say 92? <laughs> 95. 95. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is... Twenty twenty, yeah. Now, are you married today? Yeah, yeah. I was, and uh, after I settled my 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 situation with Jesus. Yes. I didn't want to marry anyone. When I found him, he was enough. He was enough. He was enough. So in nineteen ninety five, you accept Jesus as your savior, right there at the church. Yeah. Two, no, uh, yeah. You know, I I that was a long process, but eventually I came. I said, I want Jesus. Mm -hmm. So so then I met my husband in 2002, no, the year 2000. Oh, I the year him. 2000. So five years and later. Five years later. And then uh, I wasn't really looking for anyone. I was totally satisfied, you know, with Jesus. But then, but it was then, he, he pursued me. My yeah. husband pursued me. And then I told him, I said, I am a Christian, so... If you, if you are not a Christian, I have nothing to do with you, so go on. So, so he said, and, well, I'm, I'm an American from Indiana. Of course, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I didn't know what he, you know, I didn't know that he was just joking. Because there are the Christians, you know, that say yeah, I'm Christian. Yeah, some people think they're Christians. They go to church or yeah. every once in a while. Yeah, so, so then... Um, he gets serious, and he said, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, and I walked away from the Lord. And if you would show me, if you stick with me, he said, I would, and you help me how to know him, I will do anything. Wow. Yeah. And, and I said, okay, well, this is, you know, what do we do? You know, the church, you know, the Word of God, and all this stuff. So it was a long process. We waited seven years after that. Not crossing a line. I wow. live in Laguna Hills, and I had a home in Laguna Hills, and he had a home in Costa Mesa. And we, we meet every Sunday um, with the boys, you know, who were in high school at that time. And we have dinner, we take walks, he goes home, and, and then we talk every night. And that was when the healing began. Then Jesus just came through and he said, No, you have to be healed. Both of you are broken because he was, he was divorced. So. Mm -hmm. Both of you are broken, so you guys need to heal before you can come together and be husband and wife. Seven years. Seven so, years. So I he love called number seven. So I know, good. I know. And he calls me Rachel now. And he says, you know, this is my Rachel. Oh, he worked seven years. He had to work seven years yeah. to, to, to get you. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. It's a wonderful so, man. in... in um, so seven years later, you get married. I get married in 2007. Wow. Mm -hmm. Beautiful story. Mm. And so you, you, you must have decided on a church to go to. Um, do you go to his church or your church? He wasn't going to any church. Oh, so okay. it was my church. So you go to your church. Yeah. And what church is that? Calvary. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and tell me... Um, we go now. We don't go to Calvary, but at that time we're going to Calvary. Now we go Assembly of God. Okay. Vanguard University has a church there. Okay, very good. Mm -hmm. Now, um, are you involved in any kind of ministry at all? Mm -hmm. Well, I wrote two books. You wrote two books? I, I'm published. Wow. Two books. You know, one is From the Crescent to the Cross. From the Crescent to the Cross. I love that. And that is my testimony. Okay. So, um, what is the second book? The second one is I for my sister. Letter I. Letter I. For my sister. For my sister. And that is just bringing women out of their, you know, teaching Western Christian women how to engage the new immigrants. And it's really just basic, you know, just avoiding the pitfalls that brings with a different culture. Yeah. So it's really, really, this is the book, in, and the Lord, both of them, the Lord told me to write. Wow. So. I am really impressed. Now, where can you find your books? So the first book is... Um, from the Crescent to the Cross. From the Crescent to the Cross. Actually, we have some tonight there. Okay, so in your the, books are available yeah, here at here. the conference. But, but on, yeah. uh, is it online? Is it Amazon? Yes, on Amazon, Google, 
and bookstores, Barn and Novels, whatever. Okay. Whatever and, the books are. And give us the name of the, the second book again. I. I, the letter I, like I am. I for my sister. Oh, I for my sister. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's that's just how you accept the immigrants that come over to America? And sharing the gospel. And sharing, oh, sharing the gospel. Oh, no, you know, I wouldn't do anything else without, without gospel being there. Wow, that's Engaging beautiful. them and getting to know them and eventually leading to, this is what I have. I'm a beggar who found where to, who found where to get food and I'm giving you this. Now, are you in full-time ministry right now or...? No, actually, and I don't, you know, and I'm not, in, you know, any person's in church, you know, I, I just do, and I, I, I do have a disciple class, mm -hmm. discipleship class, and that is one of the things that always the Lord put in me, put in my heart, because somebody accepts Jesus, what then? What, what do what you do then? next? Yeah. What do you do next? And that is where the discipleship comes so, so important, it's between falling away, and or having a good foundation to the Lord. Right. So, and you really want to get everybody grounded. Grounded. Grounded they in the Word. Yeah. Get them started on, on going to a good church, um, maybe having a mentor oversee this person mm -hmm. as they're stumbling through their walk with mm -hmm. Jesus, mm -hmm. and, and, and letting them grow. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible talks about you know, sowing seeds, watering, and watching the seeds grow. Mm -hmm. And you want the you want these Christians to grow on good ground, mm -hmm. grounded. Mm -hmm. So that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I, that's I, that's I, my I, passion of my heart. Is wow. uh, You know, I you know I I wanted to make sure that I want to teach them how to love Jesus. Yes. That is not, you know, it's not, you know, Christianity is not about working and doing this and doing that. It's about knowing Jesus and loving Him. And yes. He will do the rest. We have the Holy Spirit. Yes, exactly. And, yeah, and He will do the rest. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful story. Mm -hmm. So, um, have you shared with your family members that have come from Somalia here? Mm hmm And have any of them taken that? Taken that step towards Jesus. No, I was rejected. Okay. And I was rejected. I'm not part of them anymore. Okay. And when our land and our substance that we had back home was recovered, and they wanted to the inheritance to be divided, I was left out. You know, because the imam said, "I'm as good as dead." Mm -hmm. So, so my inheritance went to someone else. Okay. But guess what? Jesus said, "I'm your inheritance." He is our inheritance, mm -hmm. and and he gives us more than enough. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, so who wants to your family in the, in the middle of a desk? You know. Now, are your family members still here in America, yeah. or did they go back? Okay, so um, we should pray for them to come to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. And let's just take the time right now, mm -hmm. um, Lord. You know, um, you know, Mariamas. Family mm. and Father, they've come a long way, all the way from Somalia to here, and unfortunately, Lord, this America that we live in has changed so mm. much over the the beginnings of when the pilgrims set anchor in mm. in in, in, um, in Plymouth, mm. and so Lord, we ask in Jesus' name, Lord that since you've never changed, maybe America has changed, mm. but since you've never changed mm. and you're the same mm. yesterday, today, and forever, mm. you would be able to speak to each one of these family members, mm. some that she may not even know she has mm. because they've been separated from her. Mm. We ask that you might visit them mm. in a dream, or give them a vision about you. Maybe they might be searching for something else and you could land them at a church that has a cross, just like you did with Mariama. Mm. Father, in Jesus' name, awaken in them mm. the desire mm. for God. Lord, let them know that there's a hole there mm. that needs to be filled and it can only be filled with you. Mm. 
Father, I pray that you would visit each one and draw them close to you. Surround them that pe with people that know you and love you, mm -hmm. that would witness to them, Lord. Mm -hmm. So we, you know their names, Lord. Yes. Uh, we don't have to name all 23 or more of them. Mm -hmm. Father, we place them in your capable hands mm -hmm. and ask, Lord, for salvation for them. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I do want to pray for Mariama and the blessings that you've given her and most of all for her salvation and her husband's salvation. And and Father, I pray that the work that you've begun in her, you'd be faithful to complete it. And Lord, you might have greater things. Um, and, and, and Lord, I love that scripture that says, greater things will you do in my name. Jesus. And Lord, we ask that sh you would choose her mm. to do greater things in mm. your name. Mm. And so, Lord, whatever you have, your desire is for her. Mm. Lord, we ask that she would walk in that walk. Amen. And Amen. so we Jesus. bless her, Lord. Yeah. We thank you for her mm. and for her testimony mm. and how she accepted you as her Savior. Mm. And Father, we ask that you would bless this time. Mm. We give it to you mm. in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Amen. I know that they're probably looking for you upstairs in that can. Um, so I'm going to let you go okay. and finish off the show. I thank you for joining us <clears throat> um, on the road with Jesus. I'm your host, Brody Fisher. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. And we'll see you for the next On the Road with Jesus. Bye for now. God bless you. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.